Hi, everybody. This is Jim Cornette, pro wrestling legend, and you're listening to the Book in the Territory Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. This is the artist formerly known as Daryl Van Horn, James Mitchell, the Sinister Minister, and I'm here to let you know I would rather slam my cock in a car door than to miss the dulcet tones of Hard Body Harper, my illegitimate son, on Booking the Territory podcast. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to this week's episode of our Smoky Mountain Wrestling Podcast. This is Smoky Mountain Wrestling, episode 184 from August the 5th, 1995. And this is Booking the Territory, the unprofessional wrestling podcast, where today I'm sitting here with Doc Turner and not Hard Body Hopper, but we called an audible, and I need to welcome in former Smoky Mountain Wrestling heavyweight champion, former Smoky Mountain Wrestling beat the champ TV champion, and he's just one of our good friends. Bobby Blaze. Bobby, what's up? Good morning. Hey, man. Good to be on the show. Hey, kinda early. Mike. Kinda hey, Doc. Thank you. Kind of early for this shit, huh? Yeah, man. I just barely crawled over here to the computer. <laughs> I'm all stoked up. <laughs> yeah, good to be here, though. I'm glad to have you. Glad to have you. Uh, Doc, what's up? How you doing? You're having internet problems. You're like Harper today. Yeah, I'm going to fill in the role of Harper, but Harper, you know, this is this is the warning shot to the superstar down in Metairie that uh, if you can't be to the show or you're late, you know, you can be replaced. And, uh, you know, if Bobby, if Bobby chased Jerry Lawler out of Smoky Mountain, I'm pretty sure he could chase Hard Buddy Harper out of BTT. You know what I'm saying? There you go. Just pencil that shit in. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right, so like I said, this is Doc. You got any flips and dives you want to get in before we get into the episode, or you want to get straight to it? I can't say I know what you're talking about, so I guess we should just get straight into it. All right, so let's do that. Before I do so, remember this is taping number four from Jellico, Tennessee, at Jellico High School. So I wanted to mention that this was taped. Wait, like wait, a month wait, ago. wait, wait. How you know I got some questions about that? How were the rats in Jellico? Uh, Mike, is he talking to you? <laughs> <laughs> I got no experience with Jellicoe High School rats. Oh, man. Um, I'll just take the fifth on that for now. Okay. <laughs> what he's saying is, Stan Lane. That's a big ass mountain. I'll say that. <laughs> what he's say, what he's saying is, is that they were toothless and ruthless. Let's get into the show. <laughs> oh, oh, man. The show, man. Uh, All right, so again, this is episode 184, August 5th, 1995. Shout out to Disrespectfully Classy, Marky Blassie, Kyle Riley, Mike Childry for their generous patronage each and every month. And as we jump into this episode, uh, we get Les and Chip at the very beginning. Chip mentions a few things, but the big one we are getting is a profile feature on our beloved friend, Mr. Ron Wright. Doc, you had anything from the opening? Yeah, we've been talking about Chip for a while here on the show. Bobby, what was Chip like in real life? Because he's a weird, he's he seems like a real nice guy, but he's he kind of cuts a weird appearance if you look at him. Yeah, you know, he was a super nice guy. And I actually, believe it or not, I met him down in Tampa. He had come from a station down in Tampa um, when I first was starting out down there. So I knew who he was uh, for whatever reason. But yeah, he was a super nice guy. Um, very conscientious of himself, I'll say that. You know, I think he was a... Uh, uh, Leery of his own appearance. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, he always make sure he made he wanted to make sure he was he looked all right and sounded all right. A little bit insecure, so he was trying to be secure of himself. I feel a nice bad guy. About, 
Well, I feel bad of how much Harper's made fun of him over the over the <laughs> month. That, that's unfortunate. And he really, we as we've said, he really stepped into a, a, a kind of a no-win situation following so many great people behind the desk. So, you know, he's done a good job. Yeah. So we go to the first match. It's Matt Hardy and Jason Arndt versus Al Snow and Unibomb, the dynamic duo. Snow and Unibomb win with a combo of a clothesline and belly-to-back suplex from the dynamic duo. I don't have much else from it. Uh, you know, it's just typical kind of, I guess, opener match. Bobby, you know, this is your first time here doing the Smoky Mountain Show with us. You've been here a few times on NWA. Well, what did you think of this? Give us your expert Smoky Mountain wrestling analysis. Um. Typical opening match for for the show is all I put. Um, I put out had some nice suplexes. I like to finish from the clothesline into the German suplex. Um, you know, I'd have a lot, really a lot to say. It was just a, a pretty solid opening um, and just a pretty solid match. You know, two guys going to get beat up and and the superstars going to go over kind of thing. You know, but um, yeah, just that's really about all I had for it. Um, thought they looked good. Kind of starting to learn to work together as a team more and more, of course, with the big man, the smaller man, and Al being a mouthpiece. So, yeah, just um, just nice little opening. That's all I really put. Uh, nothing great other than the suplex. I really like seeing Al do those suplexes. Yeah, that was good. Doc, what would you have? Well, until we saw him later in the show, I thought Jeff must be off doing uh, some motocross or maybe some pill <laughs> or some pills. Come on. What? Grow up. You, hey, where there's smoke, there's fire on some of these reputations, pal. That's all I'm saying. Oh, but when I say something about Tommy Rich, it's, it, oh, <laughs> oh, I don't know nothing has about Jeff that. Hardy, has, we'll get into that later, but has Jeff Hardy ever won the NWA World Heavyweight Championship when it meant something? Bruh, a co-kid is a co-kid. Whether it's a <laughs> Super Bowl champion, an NWA World Champion, you know, a baseball champion, it doesn't matter. If you okay. snorter, you're a snorter. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, that's irrelevant to the conversation, but we'll keep going since you want to play all high and mighty over there. All right, we go to Cornette, Snow, and Unibomb. And I actually wasn't going to play this one. I did have something to mention, and I want to throw it to Bobby after that. Cornette mentioned Snow and Unibomb will get a shot at the Thugs next Saturday. Cornette is going to be the special referee, and the loser of the fall has to leave Smoky Mountain for good. Uh, Snow says a few things, and Snow is angry and fired up during the promo, and he hates being called a former champ. Bobby, what did you have from this one, if anything? I, I just had um, Cornette was in his uniform doing his doing his gimmick, you know. Nothing special, really. I, I, I really didn't. Yep. Um, that's all I put. I put an interview of Cornette with uh, Snow and Unabomb, and Cornette was in his uniform, at, you know, doing the general thing, so... Um, I didn't think it was all that outstanding. I did like the way Snow, you know, kind of stuttered when he uh, said uh, that word, you know, I don't want to be any, you know, former. But um, other than that, it was just, you know, typical, typical interview. Yep. I was trying to figure out who the punisher was, too. I was like, I don't think that guy was around very long. I was like, damn. And obviously, I didn't let him talk or anything, but he wasn't there long. But, yeah. Doc, I tell, tell, special. tell Bobby who it is because I didn't know either. It was uh, Bull Buchanan. Yeah, I had to look it up. Yeah. Hey, man. I, he never talks. Even, he, he he never. Even, you're right, Bobby. He never talks through the entire. Yeah. They, they never give him the mic. Even at even uh, even Ashland has some internet. Bobby can look stuff up. <laughs> he's probably got better. He's probably got better internet than Metairie does down in Louisiana. So, bro. You know. Sometimes I think Harper does not know how to use Google. Because <laughs> he will ask some stuff. I'm like, why don't you just Google it while you're watching? 
<laughs> bruh, 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 I do not have time to do that, bruh. Bruh, <laughs> bruh I leave that for you, bruh. Circle, circle, dot, dot, bruh. All right. <laughs> we, uh, <I> Doc, <laughs> did you have anything from that pro from this promo? Always, always leery because we've been burned here about these steps on people getting their heads shaved or leaving the promotion. I just, I, I'm always a little gun shy about suspending my belief or my disbelief. You know, we should ask Bobby that because Bobby, do you, I don't know. I'm, and we asked this not knowing if you like, you know, would watch the TV weekly or whatnot, but. There were a few different instances in Smokey where I hate to say it. And like, you know, we all love Jimmy, but yeah, there were like certain steps that weren't paid off. They, they, they put them out there, but then they never paid them off. One of them was the, the head being shaved, whether it was Tammy or Chris uh, a while back. And then there was one with bullet Bob, you know, being unmasked. And then he got unmasked, but he had a mask underneath him. Uh, you know, we, we've we've said, you know, we thought, hey, that wasn't really good. You got to pay off the stip or else your audience starts, they just start not really caring because they're like, well, you didn't pay it off last time. And if you do it too many times, you kind of ruin it. Like, did, you know, and we're not asking you to shit on anyone. Do you think that not the way it happened a couple of times in Smokey with the incidents I'm referring to kind of hurt things? Uh, yes and no, and I'll tell you why. Because, okay. um, you know, like when I was involved in the tar and feather matches and there was other different kind of matches, there, there was a payoff involved, not so much money-wise, I'm talking about for the fans. Yeah. Uh, in those incidents, I, I think probably what happened, to be honest with you, and I'm, I'm not going to justify it, I'm not going to shit on it, I'm just going to give you my opinion. Uh, small crew, small territory. So, uh, like, for example, Bullet, everyone, the fans know it's Bullet. Um, and even though he takes off his mask and has the other mask there, it, it's one of those things where it was it was kind of expected. I don't know in that territory if it if it um, in my opinion I don't think the house has dropped off because of that. Uh, same thing with hair matches. There was several times I know I talked to different guys thinking, okay, this might happen, that might happen, uh, especially with haircuts or head shaves and thing. And it, they'd take a snippet of hair, not get the full amount. Um, I think I think the fans. So at times we're let down, you know, with that thinking, but also we're the smaller territory. They're like, oh, okay, we know it's bullet anyway. Oh, well, he did snip his hair, you know, kind of thing. So, uh, and I think if we're a smaller crew, you couldn't just have someone come out, you know, built like bullet with a mask on and it reveals someone different, you know, or, or things like that. Maybe even with the Tammy and uh, Chris thing, and I'm, I'm kind of drawing a, a blank one as far as what happened, but, um, you know, Need to, need to be there the next week or needing uh, to, to finish up three more TV promos or or whatever it may be, you know. I, I think there was a, just for a smaller crew, uh, that might that might be the reasoning. So okay. I hope that answers your uh, question. Yeah. I think now we've I actually it. we've actually said that. how Like, we've talked yeah, about yeah. how the small crew um, poses different challenges. Um, you know what I, else i got to say? What's that? Slam! Da, 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 oh. Da, 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 da. Let the boys be boys. So Doc's talking about, yeah, I agree with the small crew uh, assessment you give, Bobby. That That's true. Uh, the, the, the Chris and Tammy one was the one that I think kind of threw Doc and I and Hopper and I off and we reviewed it. But we won't get into that now because I do understand where you're coming from with the small crew. And everybody knew it was bullet anyway. So that does make a lot of sense. Uh, Hopper, I'm sorry, Doc is throwing us over now to the next segment, which is 
Uh, Chip Kessler throws us to another video package of PG-13 to slam. And then we do get a, a very short promo. I don't have anything from it from PG-13. Doc, I'm going to throw it to you first. Do you want to ask Bobby anything about PG-13? We've kind of talked about PG-13 ourselves on this show a few times. Um, I liked them. They were they were freaking clowns. They're buffoons. Uh, but that was the gimmick, I guess. But, Doc, what do you have, if anything, or if you want to ask Bobby anything? Well, first of all, I need to ask you something. Okay. Well, Slam by Onyx sure seems like it would have maybe been in your wheelhouse down in the slums of Gentilly in 1995, perhaps. We've had this discussion. Do you, do you not remember the things we talk about on this show? Not really, I, man. Too many, too many chair shots. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, I was fine with Onyx. I wasn't an Onyx like big time Onyx fan though. So uh, yes, I knew the they, song. Is it? Is it because they collaborated with those white boys from uh, Biohazard in that metal band from New York? I have no clue what you're talking about right now. I figured I'd lose you on that. I thought Les at some point called him I Sir ICD, <laughs> uh, but I can't. I watched this a week ago, um, and then they were talking about the USWA Cadillac. Man, can you? Um, I, <laughs> the the meth mobile is rolling east out of Memphis. Um, <laughs> Yeah, here's the thing. These guys, I'm going to say this and then toss it to Bobby. These guys are fucking foons, <laughs> but in a really great way that, I mean, they're playing their character. We've talked about how they are, and you can't say this anymore, they are the N-word with a W in front of it. Come on. They're, what? That's probably the gimmick. I bet you that was said backstage, too. Um, Bobby, but they're really, no, 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 Jesus Christ. they're really, they're really growing on us as they're here and just, I think it's a, it's a dumbass gimmick, but it's wrestling. What is it? I mean, if you want to talk about dumbass gimmicks, look at the one on the screen now. I don't think it's dumb. <laughs> I think they, I think they were white gangsters and they're heels. So they were. They're going to be made just, fun of. The one thing I wish is that at some point we'd have had a prolonged feud with them and the gangsters. That okay. could have been that could have been fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll say it's more than that was said in backstage. I assure you of that. Oh, oh, oh of course. Uh, I've been. Yeah, of course. You know, but here's the thing: those guys, uh, the video package was actually pretty nice. The uh, but those two guys, they. They were that was their gimmick. They kind of lived the gimmick, man. Um, they were they were. I know. Wait, maybe it's not the the best way to use the word, but you know something. They were fresh, man. They, they that Memphis Cadillac, you know, coming to to the Smoky Mountains from a big city from West, you know, and that was the whole thing, West versus East Tennessee. So um, those guys were over, man, uh, as heels because people hated them, and and that's you know that's just the opposite of what. Um, uh, the, the white folk over in East Tennessee wanted to see, you know what I'm saying? So it, it was instantly over, man. And I and I want to say this. Um, I got to work with them like three nights in a row. And after was down there, and it was uh, Robert Gibson and myself. And as you'll see why later on in, sh in the show, uh, I ended up tagged with Robert. But um, I, I'd only spoken to them here and there. They were like little smart asses. Not to me like, you know, derogatory, nothing like that. But, you know, I, I just saw them around the locker room going, man, you got little smart asses, man. In a, in, a, in a good, funny way, to be honest with you. But I told Mark Curtis before the match, I said, the first time one of them fucking gets stiff, tell them the shit's on because I'm here to work. 
and I'm not here to fucking play their games. And I was being serious. <laughs> I was going through some things, but I was being serious. And I remember three nights in a row. And the first night we was, um, I worked with them when I got to the building, um, I told Curtis that because I think it was the first or second match. And it was, uh, like I said, after was there taking pictures. And uh, the building was hot and like, fuck, whatever. And I told Hildebrand, I got in the ring. And for three fucking days, I never felt them. I never felt them. Uh, and they were so easy and uh, very professional. And I took the uh, hubcap to the head, you know, and boom. And every night it was, thank you, brother. Thank you for being there. But I could buy, because I know I was going to be there. You know what I'm saying? But also, I wasn't going to be fucked around by these little squirts. <laughs> see, uh, see, Mike, that's yeah. how you handle somebody in the back so that you don't have to be a whiny bitch for 30 years complaining about Tommy Rich. I never wrestled Tommy Rich. But if you rest assured, I wouldn't have backed down just like I didn't back down when there were no fucking fans around, asshole. <laughs> But yeah, you know, Bobby, he he talks a lot. Bobby, let me ask you a question. If you let people punk you in the back or do whatever, get over on you, what are they going to keep doing? They're going to keep punking you. So what do you do? And everywhere else. So what (laughs) do you do? So what do you do to fight back? When they try to do something like that with nobody, I'm, I'm sorry, with no fans around in the back. I don't give a damn if it's a major star or not. What do you do if somebody tries to? You know, get over I, on you. I confront him and say, look, we're both grown men. You want to talk about this? Honestly, I've done it more than once. I've had it done to me more than once. Not that I try to punk someone, but, you know, where someone say, man, let's go over and talk for a second. I try to talk it out, man. You know, we're just, you know, a couple of gentlemen trying to discuss business here. Yeah. And uh, if shit goes on, you know, um, I'd rather get out of the ring and work with you. But we can out there. We can fight. We can fuck. We can do whatever you want to <laughs> do. But let's, you know, let's get this shit resolved. If, we, if there's some heat, let's get it on, you know. But and you nip it in the bud the is my, is my yeah, point. You nip you, it in the bud. There you go, Barney. Nip it in the fucking bud. See? Exactly. Doc don't know nothing about nipping nothing in the bud. Yeah, you can't let it go on, though. That's for damn sure. Yep. Hey, don't you, I told you about the night that So I stop bringing this. it up, asshole. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey, look, it's, it's Uncle Bob. Yeah, I got to I gotta go back because we're, we're, we're talking over some stuff I, I want to review. Go ahead. What were you about to say, Doc? Well, nothing. We we're gonna go to Jeff Hardy against the Punisher. Uh, in, Punisher size made me think of Hardy looking like Colby Carino here. Remember that? Yeah, I do remember that uh, from ROH when Moose flung him up against the barricade and just like used his body as a battering ram. Is that what you're talking yeah. about? Yeah, God, that was great when he did that. Um, yeah, because Jeff is really skinny here. Bobby, your thoughts on Jeff Hardy versus Punisher, and I do want to ask you one thing about the finisher. You know, I, that leg drop off the top rope, mm. does your spine scream as much as mine when you watch that? <laughs> I thought that was a one good thing in it because, um, yeah, absolutely, I watched it back because for a guy that size, I thought he got tremendous height and and distance he put him about three-fourths of the way across the ring and um i'm sitting watching it again yeah i was thinking i was like holy shit man that guy's awful big and i when i watched him hit the second time yeah i sit there in the chair and did shiver but it's a it's actually a pretty damn good finish for a guy that size because he just goes all the way across the fucking ring on that thing um and he didn't have to do a whole lot and Probably a guy that size didn't have to do that for a finish, to be honest with you. He could have come up with something a lot a lot easier on your body. But, yeah, that, that must have jarred the fuck out of him, man. <laughs> um, but I liked it. I liked it. 
Yeah, I did too. I liked it. It just, it just hurt. I mean, look, watch it again as we're watching it back. God, he, I mean, yeah. he, he's three quarters mm. of the way across the ring hitting that, yeah. hitting Jeff. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. He gets up. He don't just jump out too. He jumps up. If you look, he jumps up and out. Yeah, um, I agree. He got some height. He didn't just, he didn't go like just straight parallel and, and, and drop it. He jumped up with height and got the distance in. But the way he hit too, I'm like, holy shit, man, that just jarred everything. So yeah. he took care can, of Hardy, I can, though. I can know. imagine him going to the back and Corny going, well, you may not walk when you're 40, but that shit looked pretty good tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think you're right. All right. So we go from that to a segment. We got Bullet Bob Armstrong out here. And Bullet Bob Armstrong, commissioner, he's got something to say. Now, let's get these comments from Bullet Bob Armstrong. Next Saturday night, Jim Cornette stacked the deck against Brad Armstrong. But my blood flows in his veins. And, brother, if he has to wrestle the kitchen sink, he'll come out on top. He's got the guts to do the job. But you may not live to see it, Cornette, because you and me right there in Johnson City Freedom Hall, we have what they call a first blood match. Now, what that means is falls don't count. Pinfalls over the top rope, it don't matter. The first one to bleed loses the fall and the match. And I intend to see that you bleed a lot for every drop of Armstrong blood you've shed during the past. I'm going to take it out of you, brother. You're going to call me vampire after next Saturday night because I'm going to get up a drop you got. Call your mama. Tell her to make your bed up real nice. Get all your teddy bears stacked around you because, brother, you're going to bleed. You're going to need a transfusion. With me, a few members of... Pop me, Doc. What do you have? You're going to need Man, a that... transfusion. I waited for him to go with a transfusion like he does. Bad. <laughs> that was great, man. When he said, you're going to call me vampire, man, I popped on that, too. Man, he's, oh. still got, he's still got the rap. He's got those grandpa glasses. Just, I believe it, man. It's good stuff. Bobby? Yeah, I thought he was going to go to a southern preacher there at the end. He's, you know, um, yeah, good stuff by Bullet Bob, man. He's right on, right on. Uh, I agree. I, I, I popped on it, too. Call your mama. Uh, get your yeah. teddy bears around your bed. Um, and and yeah. we, we remember the, the teddy bear scene with Jimmy and the Heavenly Bodies. So yeah, I should really ask you about that. If, you, if the fans remember that, that's what he's referring to on that. So, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, I, that's what like that's, that. that's what I thought of. I, I'm hoping the connection was made by the fans when Jimmy Del Rey was flipping the stuffed animals on Jimmy's <laughs> yeah. bed when Jimmy was screwed up with a bad <laughs> neck and all that. Yeah, God, that was a great scene. All right, uh, let's keep going, and we got up now Cornette and Buddy Landell and the militia, or a couple of members of the militia. Let's see what uh, Corny and Buddy have to say with Les. To the militia, of course. Uh, a few members of the militia. That's a few good men to you, Les Thatcher. And by the way, I can't hear you. You ought to be saying, sir, yes, sir, and sir, no, sir to me. I didn't enlist. Go ahead. You You're want... liable to be drafted. Look at the physical specimen that stands before you, the Punisher. Nobody can stop him. Nobody can compare to him. But there's something else coming up next Saturday night at Fire on the Mountain that just brings a tear to my eye and warms the cockles of my heart. And that's the gauntlet that Brad Armstrong is going to have to run before he gets to Buddy Landell for the Smoky Mountain title. First, the Punisher's dream match, which of course, I kind of helped him pick. A six-man battle royal, the Punisher, Buddy Landell, Al Snow, Unibomb, Tommy Rich, 
and Brad Armstrong. <laughs> Every man for himself, of course. Six-man battle royal, and then Buddy Landell's dream match that he stayed awake one night after eating a pizza and dreamed up. It's going to be Brad Armstrong taking on a mystery opponent. Nobody's going to know until that night who it is. So by the time that Brad Armstrong gets to that lumberjack match that he asked for, Buddy, I think he's going to be just a tad worse for wear. But the way that I see it now, son, don't count your eggs before your chickens are hatched. Or the other way around, it don't make no stinking difference. Because see, after the six-man battle royal, Brad, if you're still walking, you've still got to wrestle the mystery part, whoever the mystery man is. And then, which I doubt, if you make it through that, then you can have your dream match with me. And all your little buddies from the local crawl and fall around the ring with tennis rackets, if you think that what all I've been through, that that scares me, you got another thing coming, son. But just remember this. You gotta make it through us in the six-man battle royal. You gotta make it through the mystery man. And then you get me. <laughs> and by the time that he gets you, he ain't going to be able to do nothing with you. And remember, Brad, I'm the only person in the world that's got a special racket. You know what I mean? <laughs> See you later, Silver Fox. There you have it from the militia and General Cornet. Comes together, fire on the mountain, this Saturday night in Johnson City. Oh, Jimmy, with that freaking outfit on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bobby, your thoughts on uh, Budro and Jimmy right there. Okay, well, Cord, Cord, that damn Cornette, right in character with what he's doing. I mean, he he can just fucking talk. We we all can agree on that. Um, the uh, the Punisher's doing his job, just standing there, looking mean, looking vicious, uh, ser serving his role, you know. Buddy, buddy, kind of twisted up what he was going to say, I think. But what I wrote yeah. down was, um, uh, when Buddy's on, I've always said it. Everyone knows that Buddy's on, and he stands there, and he is a so fucking cocky. He's believable when he when he gets over the first stumbling part of the of, or whatever or however you want to say it, and he looks at that camera and he's looking to the other camera trying to find it. Just the way his movement, his movements with his hands on his face, then on his he, uh, hands on his hips, looking. This is one of those things. It's just classic Budrow, man. And uh, when he when he said he just he's just so cocky. He's believable. He makes you want to hate him as a fan, you know, and he, and, and from one of my perspective, he's so over as one of the boys, I'm going, fuck, that's good. You know, um, mm -hmm. even though he got that first little bit twisted, whether I'm there in the back, what, hearing him cut a promo or watching him or uh, rewatching it now, I was like, man, it, 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 what a underestimated talent and a true professional Bud Rowe was. I'll say that. And that shows mm -hmm. right there when he just, you know, then you get me, you know, like, fuck. You want to get them. Makes Brad. Brad should take that promo and want to beat everyone. Win the battle royal. Beat everyone's ass. Beat the mystery man and then beat the fuck out of Buddy. You know. So that's what you're supposed to do. So he's talking them in right there. Let's say that. You know. Mm -hmm. um, I thought that was good. Really, really good. I agree. Uh, Doc, what you got from Budrow and Corny, if anything? Well, Bobby covered the Buddy part. I got a question here. When you talk about, we talked about the Punisher's spine degradation a minute ago but guys like him standing there and he doesn't talk and he's they're trying to paint him as a little bit little bit mysterious not not like mongolian stomper but not straight up either those guys need long hair 
Because he's standing there looking squared away. So I'm supposed to believe he's big, he's wild, he's mysterious. But he's going and getting a high and tight every couple of weeks and keeping everything trimmed and groomed. I'm just saying. Oh, well, I'm thinking this, man. Cornette went out and hired someone from a bigger city. And a guy probably goes out and collects money and bodies. On a on an everyday basis from the local bar, like you owe me the lottery come in and your numbers didn't hit, so you owe us some money or you borrowed this, you owe us some money. And the guys that are probably associated with that kind of a business, I'm thinking they look at him and say, "Get your fucking haircut. If you're going to work for me, you get your haircut." And I'm thinking he comes in there going, "Hey, this is just my weekend gig to be on so, TV. So the you're saying I'm, I'm taking money, you know?" So you're saying it's more like a big Bubba gimmick? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. and I, you know, of course you got like um, Bubba and, and, and Kyle's done it, and you know you got bigger guys. I don't think I think he even the jeans might throw him off a little bit, but he's not going to be out there in tights either. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's just one of those things. Not the suit, but but hell, this is what he wears. He he probably wears some jeans like the old Rocky Balboa and an original one. You know he's down at the dock every day just looking for some work or down at the corner bar. But they don't want fucking some guy with big scraggly hair down there. They want him to get his ass to the gym, hit the bag a few times, break a few knuckles, bring their fucking money, and oh, hey, keep a clean shave there. Get your fucking hair cut. And he knows, like, you know what? I ain't fucking with them guys. I make money from them. I'll clean. I'll keep the clean shave. I'll get the hair cut. Okay, that makes sense. I was thinking more of what I the the direction I was going in was more. Brian Clark, Night Stalker, Kevin Sullivan, back in that time. But, gotcha. But Big Bubba, that, there's kind of a fork in the road there. That makes sense. See, Mike, well, and that's the thing yeah. about wrestling. That's the thing about it. That, that's your perception and my perception, but it, but it still comes across as, okay, this is one big, tough, mean motherfucker that's going to sit there and have Cornus back and the heels back as the militias, you know, he, he's a mystery. So, you know. Uh, you can it could be perceived either way and, yeah, get a, Mike, and be affected. We don't always have to fight and argue on this show. Sometimes we can just, you know, talk, discuss like grown men, like Renaissance men that we are and uh, come to a conclusion and move on. Yeah. And then we go to a segment with Ron Wright and I say with Ron Wright, since you're trying to be a smart ass over there, listen, chip throw to a, like a profile. We've actually seen these clips a number of times over the years here on Smoky Mountain Wrestling, and there's not much to play from it other than to say, you know, I miss Ron Wright. This video package is very good. It's it's just it's just cool to see old brother Ron, and we're gonna get a, a pretty long interview next week that will play from old brother Ron with what brother Ron is up to these days in 1995. So I kind of teasing next week when we talk about brother Ron. But Doc, do you have anything from Ron Wright's? So, segment right yeah. here that they play. Yeah, so um, I fast-forwarded through it because I have seen it a couple times. If you haven't watched it or you're new to the show, take the time to watch this one. It's, I mean, it's Ron Wright gloriousness and all display. But listening to the stud cast, that's Big Jim Hess there on the mic, I, I, I believe, which if you listen to the stud cast, there's a pretty long-running story with Fuller and Big Jim on that end um again anytime ron writes on the screen it's good times he's laying there after getting just chain match bloodied and a couple of those pictures just look like crime scenes 
And then I'll, I'll end it with Mike. You know, Ron Wright might be the number one hillbilly, but I want to nominate you for the number one black guy. <laughs> Bobby, you got any thoughts on Ron Wright's profile <laughs> that they do? No, the King Kingsport there. I, I thought it was pretty great moments to see that. And I thought they kind of kept it on this one. Uh, and of course, you without giving any surprises away for next week. It was more in the heel mode. Like, it showed his career wrestling as a heel, and it kind of kept it that way. You know, the number one redneck, or hillbilly, rather, the King Kingsport, but it, it showed a little bit of darker, like, edgier stuff with the, you know, uh, the Bruce and the, the chain matches, him with the black guy, and how tough he was kind of thing. And, and I really liked that, because I was like, okay, this is going somewhere. Um, I thought it was very appropriate, very appropriate. And like uh, either one of y'all said, anytime you see Ron Wright on there, those great moments, it's, it's really good. So that's about, about all I really had, because it was a nice video package they put together. It was, and next week the interview with him is, is pretty damn glorious, and I, I'm yes. really looking forward yes. to talking about that. Okay. After that, they go to a replay of the Rock and Roll Express helping out the thugs from last week when Thrasher was about to, uh, you know, uh, scramble the brains of the dirty white boy with a chair. The thugs didn't appreciate the help and told the Rock and Roll to stay out of their matches. So they kind of replay that interaction with these two teams after that. So they're replaying all that. And I just want to say one thing, Bobby. Um, they have those haven't aired yet, so you wouldn't have heard it. But last when we were talking about this last week and even before that, you know, we said it was for us, it was kind of hard to analyze and you know, give our thoughts on this feud that they're trying to build up because we know what's going to happen next week with Ricky Morton. So, um, I'm not asking you to comment on next week yet because we'll get to next week and what happens there, but uh, it. Is it kind of for you? Is it hard to get invested in something like this when you know it kind of like just dies flat because of what ends up going down? Uh, yes and no, because the yes part as a fan, the no part because um, I really this whole angle thing with these guys going on the back, it wasn't it wasn't my deal. I had a lot of other stuff going on, so I didn't really have to get invested too much. So um, yeah, I, I I was aware of shit that was going on, you know what I'm saying? But it, like it wasn't my business, so I didn't. Yeah, they're running their own programs. I had I was in between getting my own programs going too. You, you know, like yeah, I know I what you. my discussions were for that. What what was one of some of the things that was going to take place for me in the booking sheets. So I was more you know vested myself at that point. And all them guys were you know uh, some closer than others, but but you know Ricky, Robert, and Tracy for sure were you know um, my my friends. You know uh, that yeah. I traveled with and stuff. So um, I didn't, but I didn't get too caught up in it. Uh, one of those things, uh, like I said, I ended up teaming with Robert several times, and, and of course, we'll get to that. But, um, yeah, it, they would, again, small territory, you work what you get to work with. So um, they, they were they were trying to make it work, you know, on that fire on the mountain in, in, in the next several weeks for the, for the company as a whole, you know. So. Absolutely. Um, one thing about the interview with Tracy, and I, I, I pop for this. Uh, but he says, that's what I'm streaming. <laughs> he used to say that all the damn time. <laughs> he'd come to the building and you'd be setting your gimmicks up or something. He'd put his hands on his head and he'd say, I'm thinking I'm in a building. I'm thinking of a building, you know, trying to sell gimmicks, you know, but he always say, that's what I'm streaming when someone comes to the table or whatever. So that's just what that's always one of his saying. He is that interview with that. Uh, that's what I'm streaming. <laughs> I started popping on that. So <laughs> that was just a personal thing though. But yeah, I didn't get too invested in it uh, as a fan or one of the boys, either one. Um, but yeah. 
Doc, you got any thoughts on the replay uh, that they played here? I know you hate replays. Well, did you just answer your own question, pal? Okay. <laughs> well, then let's go now to the Headbangers, followed by the Rock and Roll Express, because they got something to say after the replay of what we saw with the Rock and Roll and the Thugs. Yeah. <laughs> rock and Roll Express, you can't do a favor for nobody. That's why we don't do a favor for anybody. But Rock and Roll Express, we're going to do a, you a big favor. Them bandanas are way out of style. That's why for my dream match, when you guys lose, you guys are going to have to wear dresses just like us and bring it back up to the 90s, not back in the 70s. <laughs> One of the dream matches coming up at Fire on the Mountain is that of the Headbangers. They're going to wrestle the Rock and Roll Express, and if they win, Ricky, they want you guys to wear dresses. Well, Les, the Headbangers beating us, and we have to wear dresses by as much chance as a snowball lasting in hell. But what I'm out here to talk about is our dream match. My dream match is to have the winner of Al Snow and Unabomb and the Thugs. But let me tell you one thing. You see, we are preparing ourselves to wrestle Al Snow and Unabom. Because you gotta see this right here. And the match they have with them, it's a loser leave town, no time limit, no disqualification, and Jimmy Cornette is gonna be the special referee. Now you look at all these odds these guys got to face. Right. Now they're gonna understand what we have been through the last 10 years with Jimmy Cornette. And yet, oh, pig. And here comes the thugs right now, Tracy and Tony. What's the deal, rock and roll? You're writing us off already, man. Are you that confident, huh? Well, let me tell you something, guys. We think that we can beat Al Snow and Unabom, and we don't care if King Kong and Godzilla referee that match. Matter of fact, the thugs think that we can beat you too, man. That's what I'm screaming. And we're going to find out on Fox News. No, we're not going to Yeah, we will. You dead gum right, we will. Anytime you want some of There's one thing about it. You ask for the match, chances are you're not going to like the outcome of it. Don't let the door hit you in the ass when you leave it. Yeah. All right. All right. It's going to be a tough one. Whatever comes up, and it's coming your way next Saturday night. Johnson City's Freedom Hall. It's fire on the mountain. Uh, now that you said that, Bobby, I'm going to hear it every time. That's what I'm screaming yeah. from Tracy. Uh, yeah. Bobby, what'd you think about that? That's four men being men right there, and and uh, Tracy. That's the way he is when he got riled up like that. That was a straight shoot interview, as if they were going to fight, and it made so much sense. I really like that. And then, of course, when he says, you know, that's what I'm screaming. But uh, when Tony mouths off at the end, that's just him, another guy saying, you know, back and what his buddy says. But then Ricky, being a man, that's something you just say, like, hey, don't let the door hit you in the ass. You know, I, I'm glad I let that get get by at that time, you know, because it wasn't that bad, bad language or anything like that. But that's the way he would have said it, you know, and it just it was very realistic interview uh, to set up the feud, just to, to further along the feud and and talking people into the building. Like, Damn it, I got to get down there and get that ticket because that's going to be a hot ticket to get, you know. So I, I really put that over. I, I will. That was a good little boom, boom, boom. Everyone had their say. And it got over. It looked real. I, I agree. Uh, real, sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. I agree. Uh, I, I think, to me, they actually, they feel like four family members. And you know how sometimes you have squabbles and fights within your family, like blood family? It feels yes. like that with those guys. So, Doc, what did you have? That was perfectly put, by the way, the way you said that. That's exactly what it looked like, Mike. So, if you're not... If you're not listening and only watching the screen right now when you see the headbangers, what's the difference between these two guys and PG-13? Uh, one of them's 
metal and one of them's uh, or grunge and one of them's uh, rap. Okay, thanks. Well, they were talking about putting the rock and roll in dresses, and I just wonder if Ricky and Robert ever, you know, put on a dress in the van with some rats. <laughs> Roll play? I mean, I, yeah, you know, I mean, we talked about, you know, Bobby was with us on the top five rat bangers of all time, and, you know, I, be, I believe we had the top three all together in order all three of us, and one of them was a rock and roll express guy. <laughs> so there's a better than zero chance that with that kind of volume that was rolling through the rock and roll van, at some point, you know, Ricky or Robert had to don a dress just to seal the deal. Oh, I want to see you in one of my dresses. Jesus and Christ. Now, see, here's that- where I see it different. I- I'm not saying that would happen. <laughs> I'm just saying in a in the in the heat of the moment, and you got to go, and you got to get that van rolling. Someone may grab some wrong clothes, and uh, someone may be putting panties on or dresses on, thinking, "Oh shit, I'm just you know I got to get out of here," kind of thing. So uh, I'm agreeing, but disagreeing in a way it was happening probably. Or All you right. know what? I've got to run across the street there and get a soda out of machine at you know three o'clock in the morning. Let me just throw this on <laughs> and just. Uh, Maybe have you know. a dress on over your your, your uh, tidy whities or your your whatever you might or may or not have underneath them to run over and get that soda pop at three in the morning, you know. So yeah, I agree. There there could have been some close wiping there. And um, so Mike um, leads me to you know you always talk about what Harper's bedroom might look like under a black light, but what do you think the rock and roll van looked like under such illumination? I, I mean. Don't put a black light on the walls of that thing. That's all. Yeah. CSI would have a field day. (laughs) (laughs) That could be a, that could be a three part episode on CSI, you know, (laughs) dude, how many people are on planet? (laughs) How many people on planet earth? Uh, doc. Yeah. 7 billion, maybe. Well, you can probably go about 10 times that if, um, of, Cells on the walls. Yeah. <laughs> cells that are Lay- layers of DNA. Layers of <laughs> DNA. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Okay, Doc. Anything else? No, I mean y'all covered the actual wrestling part of it, so I have to like you know be Harper for a little bit. I guess. <laughs> um, we get a fire on the mountain plug. A bunch of promos. Tommy Rich cutting one on Boo Bradley. We get something from the Headbangers. Budro Corny. It's like real quick hitting stuff just to with the fire on the mountain song playing in the background. Uh, I don't have anything from it, so I'm gonna keep going. If uh, you're okay with that, Bobby Doc. Yep. Yep. We get a replay of Boo Bradley losing to Tommy Rich from last week with the Punisher's help. Remember also Bob Armstrong and uh, Brad Armstrong made the save at the end after after Boo got screwed over. So, Doc, I know you hate replays. And since Doc hate, hates replays and Bobby wasn't here, I'll ask Bobby if he's got anything quick from it that he wants to cover. Oh, I'm good. Keep going. Yeah, it's a, like I said, it's, it's a replay, so there's not much there. So then let's go to now Cornette and... Uh, Bobby's best friend Tommy Rich and the Punisher let's see what they got to say you know a lot of people have dreams some good dreams some bad dreams Boo Bradley I think you eat a lot of pizza looks like you do and maybe you dream some strange things up like a Falls Count Anywhere match with the Punisher and Tommy Wildfire Rich against you and that defective Mongolian stalker but I got news for you Tommy Rich has some dreams too he's got you in a match where you're blindfolded 
one-on-one, -on -one, but you're blindfolded before the Falls County Anywhere match takes place. So, boo, when you're out there doing your best Ray Charles impersonation, when you can't see, when you don't know where it's coming from or when it's going to hit you, when you're in there with a former world champion, then you're going to find out that sometimes dreams can be nightmares. Right, Tommy? You know, my mama just told me a bald-faced lie because she <laughs> told me, she said, son, she said, dreams don't never come true. Well, Smoky Mountain, y'all made mine come true. You know, here I got a big goof boo boo. And you're gonna have a blindfold on. You ain't even smart enough to walk around without it on. So when I get you, it's gonna be a crippling match for you. You ain't even gonna see the match that the falls don't count anywhere. Mongolian Stomper, he's got it. Oh, it's gonna be a good night. Boo Bradley, you're gonna be in sad, sad shape at Fire on the Mountain when you get in the ring and put that blindfold on and Tommy Rich starts throwing those rights putting knots on your head faster than you can rub them. <laughs> uh, Doc, you go first this time. You got anything from uh, Corny, Tommy Rich, and Punisher? Um, we have a legend out there in Tommy Rich that you were completely uncalled for and rude to <laughs> just now. And, and I'd like to apologize <laughs> to Tommy Rich on behalf of the show. On behalf of me, on behalf of Bob, Bobby over here, on behalf of Harper, that's uncalled for. Um, the real statement I will make before I get back to you and your complete disrespect is Corny is on this show too much. We and, talked and about I, that a few weeks back. And we've talked about small crew. He's the guy. He's stressed. He's trying to make it all happen. But it's he's in everything. Now, that's okay. I mean, if, if somebody on this crew is going to be on too much, I like it being corny, but I'm just saying. Now, Bobby, Mike has a real problem with Tommy Rich, and, and I've tried to talk him talk to him about this. And just get having him to fun, stop, man. And get him to stop, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe you can say something. He's just... He's got a problem, and I don't know what to do. So if you have any <laughs> suggestions, I'll, I'll take them. No, no suggestions. You know, somebody say something about some fried chicken. You know, uh, Tommy's just Tommy, man. And um, I always got along with him, especially during that time. Uh, fuck, he's just one of the boys and uh, easy to work with. Easy, as he said, calls it the ring like he's a Sunday morning baby, you know. Um, Tommy's just Tommy. Um. Yeah, I I don't know. That's, so it's just uh, so it's just so it's just Mike. That's what I thought. Okay. Good deal. Somebody say something about a bag of cocaine. Well, not out in public, but maybe in the bathroom. <laughs> just saying. Uh, doc, stop bringing <laughs> it up, real, man. We, you're wearing we our folks out. We have real problems in this world, and you're worried about people sniffing powders. <laughs> well i tell you what let's uh get off of the tommy rich train and let's go to the next match because wow we got boo bradley we got bobby blaze who's actually on this show right now versus terry gordy and tommy rich and gordy and rich end up winning but you know since bobby was in this match with boo bradley i i'm in not only boo bradley but legends like Unfortunately, Tommy Rich, but a real legend like Terry Gordy, I think we should throw it to Bobby and get Bobby's thoughts on this match. 
All right. Well, I'll say this. Um, Tommy Rich, easy like a Sunday morning. Uh, the, the, I'm not here plugging my book, but I did write a little bit about this uh, meeting Gordy in, in my book because um, Robert Gibson and him were friends or had known each other acquaintances for the years and years. Robert had kind of set me up uh, with Terry, tell you know, like because I had seen the last I'd seen Gordy re- on regular when I was uh, watching tapes at Malenko's, and he's over in Japan beating the fuck up people, power bombing them, just demolishing these Japanese guys. And I thought, oh God, I got to work with him tonight. And being a huge fan of Terry Gordy's and kind of having a style that style with him, and I talked to Terry several times after this took place. Um, it was like um, I thought, man, he's just going to fucking glom me. But of course, he was there to work too, and so um, yeah, it was an honor. I, you know, they put me and Boo together. They're drawing straws that you know, just trying to you know make TV, make it different, uh, putting the best people out there um, that they can at that time. Uh, again, with the reference to the small crew. But I, I will say this: it was an honor to be in there because um, got to work with Tommy, which I'd work with a lot. But also, as the first time I actually got to step in a ring with Gordy, me and Robert got to go against. It was better when it was Robert myself against Tommy and Gordy for obvious reasons. Uh, nothing against Boo, but he's just doing being there throwing punches or whatever the fuck. And and also, I know I'm going to get to do most of the work um, on those matches, and, and and I rightfully so, and I loved doing it. Um, but um, if you're watching right now, I get an armbar on Gordy, but the thing I remember about that, Terry was so easy to work with. I thought he's going to come over and rip my fucking head off, you know. But no, he was so easy to work with. So I grabbed him in the arm. He fed out. Um, and when he came come across, he said, uh, arm drag. And uh, I went right back to the arm drag, uh, the arm bar. And I remember mm. in the back, he said, brother, when I tell you to call an arm drag, throw the arm drag. And I said, this was my exact word. I said, you're Terry fucking Gordy. <laughs> so I, man, I said, I respect, I'm not arm dragging you. And he goes, really, man, come on. You know, something like that. He goes, I'll take it. And I go, it's okay. I go, God's happy just hitting the arm bar and working with them. And I didn't want to have to take him off his feet. Um, and I will say this, cause I heard a commentary last week on whoever took the power bomb. Um, I take the power bomb this week out of the, uh, the backdrop. Um, it's hard to get up in, in his, um, for whatever reason, I should, at the end of this, you'll see, I think I can't remember who took it last week. You all mentioned the guy should have crunched up. I should have too, but the way he catches you sometimes, it was really hard because you're all, you're, you're all, your head is straight down by his legs. You have to do almost a full upside-down setup uh, to, to take that finish. Um, it's not like just someone picking you up for the power bomb. Um, I, I won't say it's laziness on his part or laziness on my part. It's just positioning when you're coming off that backdrop to take it. I'm not trying to justify it. Thankful that land on my head. But um, as you see it coming up here, if you're watching at home, it's almost like a, a in, inverted power drive, uh, power driver, the way he delivers it, because I just don't get up enough, uh, crunch up enough to take a full-on uh, uh, power bomb. So hope that makes some sense. But yeah, this to me, it just, again, goes back to the first match. Uh, we're not out there just getting a snot beat out of us. So that might look like what it's going on right now uh, for me selling. But uh, it's a pretty good match. You got two guys that don't normally work together, me and Boo. And you got two veterans in there. And, um, you know, people pretty much know who's going to win. But it's a pretty competitive match also. Um, it was give and take on, you know, everyone Everyone took a little bit and gave a little bit. And everyone worked together. And, um I, I thought it was a pretty good little match. The thing I liked about it was, I was going to say, this is just me uh, 
Don't say I can't work a main event. <laughs> the guy will make a bill of Smoky Mountain TV. And also, <laughs> uh, Les did say, hey, uh, this Bobby Blaze, we've seen him. He, and he called me an athlete. And I like that, you know. Les said, hey, he's an athlete, you know. And uh, the other thing is, like I said, I got, got here comes that power drop, power bomb. And you can see I didn't get up very good for Gordy, but I was at an angle. Um, and I remember that uh, happened a couple of times. And, I, and I've seen other people do it, too. It's not like when Gordy would pick you up. And it's not like Rich Power uh, gave me the backdrop way up in the air either, because I, I did want taken care of. Um, you know, I, I was I was making sure I was getting taken care of uh, on that spot. I didn't want to be fucking shot spinning around the air, and then Terry catch me real high and then, and cracking my skull or breaking my neck. So uh, it was uh, as you can see, I'm pretty low to waist level taking a power bump, but it but it's effective. You know, it served its purpose, and and there's the one, two, three, pin me, pay me thing. So. Um, overall, pretty good match, not just because I was in it, but because of the way they presented it uh, for TV to lead to next week's program and also to get people in the building for you know to see Rich and Boo and to see Gordy and Rich and, and, and their matches, their, their respective matches later that evening as they promote them. So there's that. So something real quick, Bobby. I don't, we don't mind you plugging your book. We, we try to do it often. Hell, um, we sold one for you this week with one of our patrons. We saw that on uh, Twitter. So appreciate you know. that. Absolutely yeah, appreciate yeah. that. So um, go to go to go to our Amazon link tinyurl.com slash BTT Amazon. Go buy Bobby Blaze's book Pin Me Pay Me. You won't regret it. It's a great book. The stories in there are fabulous. Um, you know, Bobby wasn't the WCW World Champion or WWF World Champion, but uh, that doesn't mean anything because trust me, a lot of times the the mid card guys have great stories from their times in different territories and bobby had some great stuff there's even a story about a midget in there that's fucking phenomenal so i just <laughs> want to say that go pin me pay me tinyurl.com slash btt amazon and just go look for pin me pay me and buy it you will not regret it it is a fabulous book um doc and i both have copies i actually still have two copies of bobby's book that i have to give out at some point um and i'm gonna do it soon i just um there's been things going on and uh busy life and medical stuff and whatnot, but I'm going to get those out soon uh, to the people who are in the raffle. So I'll leave it at that, and I won't say anything else uh, right now. But anyway, uh, Bobby, you said something about the power bomb. I do agree with you. It is very hard to sit up from that when you're at that angle, although you definitely at least curved yourself up enough so that you didn't take it as bad as, as last week's. You you grabbed Gordy's wrist. I, I, I noticed it. And you you did sit up as much as you could. But I totally yeah. agree. If you're ever trying to do an inverted sit up, it is extremely, extremely hard to do from just a, a sitting from just a position of you just dangling. It's uh, one of those things that's very, very difficult. But you got over a, a little bit better than last week. That's for damn sure. I wasn't. Let me say this. When I first watched it, I wasn't scared you were going to be land on your 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 head or neck. So that's that. Uh, Doc, what did you have from that match? We got some good analysis right there from Bobby. That was really good stuff. Yeah, yeah, and I don't feel like I can add anything to that. But, you know, I, I got some observations as well. Hey, we got Boo in a singlet out there, right? That's not that's not normal. Uh, <laughs> I got to tell you, we keep waiting for Boo to be gone, but I was looking ahead at some something things. Illegal. Oh, Boo. Hey, 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 Bobby. hey, Go ahead. hey, hey. Rule number one of the, of the entertainment business is do not talk over the talent. Motherfucker, I can mute you at any minute. So if you want to go ahead and make that, <laughs> that if you want to go ahead and threaten me, that's fine. I can hit mute on your end. This is episode 184. I think we get a boo sighting in 191. We do. He's, he's, he's there much longer than either one of us remembered. I'm going to say this the right way. Don't take it the wrong way. Boo is like the herpes 
of Smoky Mountain. He just won't leave. Uh, I agree. I can't wait for that fucker to leave, too. He's stuck. Damn, Bobby. <laughs> He's stuck, man. I can't figure, what the fuck is he still doing here, man? But I guess someone liked him. Um, I can I can. I didn't only, <laughs> I can only imagine that Bobby will be giving himself the government cheese at the end of the episode. Yeah. Just... Just know that I feel no compulsion. We're going to call this thing right down the middle like we always do and give it to the most deserving uh, participant of the episode. And I did notice here that with you've got a tag team match uh, with uh, a referee in the ring. So you got five guys in the ring. Bobby is one of the 40% of guys that are uh, still alive and with us. I had the same note. I just didn't want to bring it up. Well, I mean, Bobby's a survivor. I mean, pin me, pay me. Hey, we say it all the time, and let me help you sell some books. That pin me, pay me shit works at the shoot job, and we all got those except for the disability folks. And it's probably, we'll say, it is It is one of the reasons, not FDA approved, but one of the reasons Bobby has outlived so many of his fellow uh, wrestlers. I don't know. Y'all tell myself every day. I tell my brothers, too, I'm just trying to outlive a few more people, including myself, man. <laughs> and I just came off a bad health scare. So believe me, um, I, 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 I was wondering, I, first time I watched this, I'm not trying to bring up bad things. I'm just saying, I was like, holy fuck, how many guys are dead, man? And I, I wasn't going to bring it up unless you all did. It's just, it, it hurts my heart. I'll say that. And But I got through both episodes. Uh, but sometimes I just stay away from things like that. But I wanted to be on a show. It's an honor for you to have me on a show. Uh, I wanted to be here, you know, so I appreciate that. Um, is that yeah, that, I agree with you, man. Does that hurt? I, I just had this thought, and I mean, does that kind of hurt? the passing on of the tradition because there's so fewer guys there to help instruct the, I mean, everybody, the guys that would normally be teaching in their forties and fifties died. Yeah. I think for me, I think I'd do a survivor's guilt sometimes, to be honest with you. Uh, sometimes lonely nights you're like, man, you know, this guy, that guy, but I see what you're saying too, as far as, uh, though there's other guys out there that have survived that are, you know, good teachers and, and passing on good things, you know, uh, doc off this program for particular, you know, uh, Tom Pritchard, he, you know, does a tremendous sure. job training people. Al Snow's got his Ohio Valley things. Um, I help people when I can, you know, uh, especially with the fundamentals at the beginning and things like that. So, yeah, I, but yeah, I don't know if that, you know, I, I don't know how to answer that part. I just know that, uh, I'm just glad to still be here, motherfuckers. <laughs> and I'm going right. to no, hang around a few years longer. <laughs> that's right. Now, Mike, we're not so sure about it. Mike, thanks for bringing us down with that talk about death. Really appreciate it, pal. You could fucking blow me. <laughs> All right. Let's, um, let's go now to the final segment. And uh, I apologize. If you're watching on the Patreon video, the, the video is almost out of time, so uh, I'm going to play Brad Armstrong, but if you want the the government cheese and the rating for this episode from Bobby and Doc, you, you'll have to download the free feed. So let's go to Bobby, let's go to Brad Armstrong, his closing thoughts uh, before we go off air. Armstrong and Brad, got to say it, brother, you kicked the field goal, you found how to take the big man down. You know what? I'm sick and tired of Jim Cornette and all his little cronies running around. He's got a pack of men every time he goes somewhere. He's surrounded by people. You know what? I believe that man must live in fear. He surrounds himself with people at all times. And I want to tell you something, Cornette. I know he's doubled up. He's tripled up. He's quadrupled up. He's got five or six guys on my family alone. 
He's got five or six guys on everybody. He wrestles. You know what I think? And I believe this in my heart of hearts, brother. I believe I can beat every member of your little group, your little organization, your little society there. I do believe that in my heart that I can beat each and one of those men one at a time. And what I want you to do... Let me, let me, let me stop you. In other words, what you're saying, you'll take on every member of the militia one at a time. Yes. One after uh, the other. Very good. Very good. One at a time. One after the other. I want you to line them all up, Cornette. I want you to bring them to the ring. And next week, my brother, I want you to bring them every one you got. And one at a time, I'm going to beat your militia. And you can bank on that. You heard that here next week on Smoky Mountain Wrestling and also the Rock and Roll Express against PG-13. So one of the things I, I forgot to mention as we were reviewing the last match was uh, at the end of it, like, you know, Bobby, Bobby talked about how he took the back, he took the power bomb off the backdrop and, you know, he got pinned. So after the heels win, they put the boots, the heels put the boots to Boo and Bobby. Brad Armstrong actually hits the ring to make the save. The Punisher basically no-sells everything from Brad. Brad finally uh, punts the Punisher in the ding-ding and the Punisher powders after out after that. Uh, Les actually screams field gold. We didn't really talk about that, but I wanted to make mention to it. So that's what led to the promo from Brad right here setting up next week. Now, with all that said, like I said, the Patreon video is about to stop. Bobby, uh, what are your thoughts on Brad Armstrong closing promo as we go off air? I liked it. I'll tell you why. Back up two steps there with the field goal. Uh, I was always taught, you know, never do a nut shot unless it means something. And the way that worked when he comes to make the saves and, and everyone's, uh, you know, powdered out of the ring and the punishers nose down everything and Brad gives him a nut shot. See, that meant something. That meant something on the card, and it was effective because that's what should happen if that guy's a big guy going out breaking uh, knuckles every week and collecting money and this and that, and in this case being in Cornette's militia, what have you. Brad resorts to to one thing he knows, uh, you know, I, how to get him down. I'll kick him right in the fucking balls or whatever. It meant something, and so that's a strong uh, booking strong finish for the, the the powder thing. Brad Brad's such a fucking star. I thought that's one of the promos there. He really hit it. He hit it good. You know, he got to the points. He made his points and, and, and called out what was going to happen about how, you know, put him out here next week. I, I believe I could beat them all one by one, you know. Uh, and Brad looked good, uh, uh, sounded good, and, and, and ready to go. He was a superstar right there in Smoky Mountain. He was a good addition to, to coming onto the program at that time, you know, uh, to be in Smoky Mountain for him. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good strong promo. Him and Les uh, clicked together, obviously. You can see Les feeding them there, you know, um, with what, yeah, that's right, you know, coming back and, and, and feeding Brad what he wanted, what he needed to set up for the next week. So I thought it was pretty solid. I thought it was good, too. I, I thought Brad was really, really good there. Doc, what did you have from it? Very solid baby face promo from uh, B.A. All right, so, Doc, you got any other thoughts before we go to our closing stuff with the government cheese and how we rate this thing, disability checks? Nah, bruh. All right, so before we do that, remember, if you're not a patron and you want the video reviews of these episodes, become a patron at tinyurl.com slash patreonbtt. That's tinyurl.com slash patreonbtt. Uh, not only do you get the video versions of these, you get the world-class shows, you get the ECW shows, you get all the other shows up on our Patreon feed, which we've got over 200-plus extra shows up there and available. So there you have it. And like Doc said, once Smoky Mountain's done... We'll have a little bit more time to do some Patreon stuff. And as of right now, there's not a free show replacing this one. So if you want more of Doc Harper and I, or even Bobby, you're going to have to get it on the Patreon feed at tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT. If you're a patron already, thank you very much. We appreciate it. And then 
One other thing, don't forget to use the Amazon referral link, tinyurl.com slash bttamazon. Go buy Bobby Blaze's books. Pin Me, Pay Me is one of them. And when, what's the other one, Bobby? I always forget the name of it, the second one. I, I kicked out on two, The Educational Wrestler. There you go. So go pick up both of Bobby's books, along with everything else you can get on Amazon at tinyurl.com slash bttamazon. All right, Doc, uh, why don't you go first, since this is Bobby's first time joining us for the Smoky Mountain Show. Uh, what, how many disability checks are you going to give this one? Well, let me just say this. For all of you that have been complaining to Mike about no show replacing this, the alternative that I had suggested way back when was we put every other episode behind the paywall to force you <laughs> bastards to give us the money. So, uh, just you know, don't be, don't be, don't. I, as I tell my children all the time, don't be sad about what you don't have. Be thankful for what you do have. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> be, all right. In other, in other words, be blessed and be a blessing. Uh, right. This was this was a good episode, though. Uh, lots of stuff going on. We're still swirling around getting ready for the Super Bowl of wrestling. Uh, we'll start that next week. So things are, are coming to a, a, a point ahead. Uh, I'm going to give this an 8.0. All right, 8.0. Uh, Bobby, don't feel obligated to rate this, but since you're here, go ahead and rate it for us. Well, if you'd like, um, I, w I was going to, <clears throat> I wasn't sure if I was going to do the, the point system or the grade system. Cause I think you did the grade system. Uh, I had written down 8.0. Um, All right. and then I think that would be probably what a, a B plus or an A minus, but I, but I'll go with the, uh, 8.0. That's, that's what I had. Um, they pieced it all together. It, it went pretty good. And you're sitting there watching the show. I'd be excited watching that show on a Saturday morning. Uh, or yeah. came on my area. So yeah, uh, be thankful that you have a good show to watch. So 8.0 easy. All right. See, I'm gonna I've give been, it a B. I've been, uh, shut up. I've been telling people for 185 episodes, basically, that my ratings were far more solid than the Iowa caucus counting votes. <laughs> and, <laughs> and here we go. And you're like, ah, you know what you're doing. And here comes former heavyweight champion of the promotion to to back me up so there you go mike what do you what, since you can't follow the rules you said you're giving Polit it a b plus politics free asshole it's a b plus no need to bring in <laughs> politics into this discussion all right now that's all i got to say to you on that one all right we're just here to do our old buddy landell and that is be blessed and be a blessing so, all right, so chill <laughs> out and everything. Um, amen, buddy. If there was ever That's something right. Buddy said that was true. All right, so we need to do government cheese now. Um, Doc, you, you go first. Well, I'm sure everybody's expecting me to dole it out to Bobby because he's here and, and I'm sucking up. But I'm telling you something, and this is this is where my cheese is going, and it may go there next week. I don't care if I've seen it before. It is worth watching the recap on Ron Wright and just the force of nature that that guy was. And I, he's been away for a while. It's exciting to see him again. Brother Ron gets my cheese for making making me smile. Yeah, I'm, I, that's me too. I got the same thing. Um, Bobby, yeah, who do you want to give yours to? Uh, I was uncertain on how to do that. Uh, I think that's solid choices. Um I thought it was going to go a little bit different way. I agree with you guys, but I was going to give it to Brad because he cut that promo and it closed out the show. Um, and he had, you know, his name come up several times and this and that. So, but yeah, um, 
couldn't go wrong with the Ron Wright stuff. And, and since I'm new to it, uh, I was to agree with you guys on that. Um, I know you're not twisting my arms or kicking me in the balls to say it, but yeah, that was a good segment, what they did on Ron Wright. So I'll just, uh, you know, let's make it a majority rule here and say, let's give the government chiefs to Ron Wright and, and what they did with that segment. Yeah, I, I actually almost gave it to Brad because I thought yeah. Brad – uh, Brad cut a really good promo. You know, you don't think of Brad yeah. as like a really great promo guy. And, right, you know, right, not, right. Not and that's what I had written down. But I'm going to riff you guys. But that's, that's what I did have written down, though, Brad. Uh, well, based and, on that and, promo. So. And, and Brad's been cutting good promos ever since he came came into the promotion. So he's on a roll. Yeah. Yeah, he is. All right. So before we get out of here, a couple of quick things. Shout out to the wrestling podcast about nothing with ROH's Brian Malonis and Mike Crockett. They do their thing every single Monday. Check them out. You could just search WPAN or the wrestling podcast about nothing wherever you get your podcast from. A few weeks back, our friend Brian Malonis, the brawler, him and the Beer City Bruiser, the bouncers, made their debut on NWA Power. So there you go. They're not only in ROH, they're doing some stuff with the NWA. And they were out there with Eddie Kingston. Uh, so there you have it. Check it out um, and check out their show. Check out the brawler every single week on his own podcast. Really good stuff. Check out our Vantage Point, the retro wrestling podcast with Joe Murata and Michael Quinn, the northern version of BTT. Slightly classier, a little bit more professional, but still fun nonetheless. They support us. Please support them. And check out the Bottom Line cast with uh, Mike Pru and JV. They actually do our ECW show on our uh, Patreon feed. So check out their show on their free feed as well. Bobby, you got anything you want to plug? I want to give you some time. You, uh, you've you been gracious. You're going to be here next week too. What do you have if uh, if you would like to plug anything before we get out of here? Yeah, well, just uh, on social media, I have my Twitter account. So follow me at BobbyBlaze744. Again, it's Twitter, BobbyBlaze744. And I appreciate you guys always plugging my books on there. They're available to Amazon. Use a tiny URL here for the uh, uh, BTT and, and get either pin me, pay me, or get my second book if you haven't already done so. Uh, I kicked out on two, the Educational Wrestler, and it's been my pleasure being on the program. I, I, lo- I love the program. As you know, I'm a fan and a friend to the program, and uh, it's an honor to actually get to review a Smoky Mountain one, uh, and I appreciate it very much. No problem, and you are back next week with us as we start digging into the Super Bowl of Wrestling, and we've got something we got to talk about there that I know you were there for. Um, and just, we got some questions for you, I believe. Is that a safe assumption to say, Doc? Bruh, bruh. What, what, what episode are we doing? <laughs> 185. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. That Super Bowl of Wrestling is a stacked card. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's not the whole, next week is not the whole Super Bowl of Wrestling, but we get into it, and we're actually, I believe, still some stuff from Jellico, too, I can't remember. Uh, as Bobby over there, or Doc over there, does his best Harper imitation with moving paperwork around during the show. <laughs> I love it. Anyway, uh, that's just uh, me having fun, guys. But no, Bobby, thank you again. We look forward to next week as well. Uh, for Mike and Doc and Bobby, actually, Bobby's here. Bobby, do Harper's tagline that he always says at the end of an episode and hit it for us. Book it, bitch.
Hey, everybody, before we get out of here, you know I always got to thank all of our patrons out there. Thank you for supporting this show. Thank you for all that you do for the show. Your patronage is very appreciated. It makes what we do right now twice per week, every single week on the free feed possible. So thank you very much, and I appreciate it. Also, man, I got to tell you guys, the Hall of Fame patron shout-out list continues to grow larger and larger and i am grateful for that so thank you very much for all the hall of fame patrons out there i mean thank you to all the patrons i mean i understand certain people uh can't pledge as much as others and that's fine and that's why you know at the two dollar level you get a bunch of stuff but for the hall of fame uh hall of fame patrons out there thank you very much this list is growing longer and longer each and every week so i don't know how much longer i'm going to be able to do the uh list of hall of fame hall of fame patron shout outs so my apologies if this uh doesn't continue in the future however we're going to give it one more try at the beginning of February right here of 2020 with all of our Hall of Fame patrons. So as I say that, I want to give some shout outs to those Hall of Fame patrons. My friend out there, Fritz Von Mulkey, thank you very much. You signed up uh, to the Hall of Fame level. You've been signed up for a while. You bumped up, I should say. So thank you, uh, Fritz Von Mulkey, a.k.a. Doc. Actually, they're not the same person. It's just a running joke. So there you have it. Uh, Rowan Smith, David Ford, Harrison Lee, Isaac Penley, at Hey Hey It's Isaac. Oh, I'm sorry, at Hey It's Isaac, not Hey Hey It's Isaac. It's just at Oh Hey It's Isaac. Eagle underscore one, Kango Fett, Lee Russell, MDQ for life, George Davis, Kevin Carter, Michael Angel, Bob Richards, Rocky Suazo, my man Christopher Champer, Will Harkey, Robbie Dyson, Rick Beebe, Brad Dunife, and Tom Schlegel, Coach Joey Chase, a.k.a. Willie Chase, Steve Malbasa, Kenny Byersdorf, Glenn Abbott, at GA Russell Nut on Twitter, Bobby Murray, Marlon Mueller, my man Marlon Mueller, a.k.a. Half Pints Point. You know what I always say, keep cutting those promos, kid. Josh Warren, Everett Starr, Mike Childry, Kyle Riley, disrespectfully classy Marky Blassie, Greg Norman, Johnny on Patreon, the great John Dean, who is at YRC21 on Twitter, Josh Dunn at Ryan and Auburn on Twitter, good old Justin Robert Smith, Joseph Ice, Tim Morecci, Adam Price, Brian Evans, Mark Wilson, Armando Martinez, David Jordan, Jesse Jacobs, Chris Myers, Gerald Green III, Mitchell Johnson, Mike Pru, Will Parker, Classy Alex, David DeVries, SV Pageant, Bill Salsa, Big Rich, Allen at Spy Boy Sports Cap, RE Miller 39, Jay Shiny, Ruben Espinosa, Merciless Jones, Jesse Lucas, Chris Browning, Justin underscore Andretti, Cole Manny 22, Marty Howell, T Hog 94, Gobbled Unreal. Thank you for your generous patronage via the Hall of Fame patron sign up. Last but not least, I uh, just want to give you all a, a heads up on something. I have not been as active lately on either Twitter or Facebook. Um, the shoot job, just very, very busy. And I just haven't had a lot of time. So uh, if you've sent me DMs on Twitter or instant messages or messages on Facebook Messenger and I have not gotten back to you, I just cannot get through them. So... Um, honestly, probably from here on out, the best way to get in touch with me, if you really, really need to get in touch with me is going to be via email for the show, booking the territory at gmail.com. So I just want to mention that I am recording this actual segment on February 5th, 2020, but I wanted to say that if you need to get in touch with me, uh, and I haven't responded to your DM on either Twitter or on Facebook, the best way would probably be email. I tend to check that a few times a day when I can. Um, and if I don't even check it during the day, I usually check it at night. So that's probably the best place to get in touch with me if you need to get in touch with me. With something show-related, Patreon-related, especially if it's Patreon-related, give me a holler there. I mean, it's it's not that... Uh, 
Again, that's, a, that's the best way to reach me um, to the Gmail. Book in the territory at gmail.com if you're not getting a response on Twitter or on Facebook. And um, I want to shout out Mike Crockett as well for handling the Facebook page and helping moderate with it. Uh, he does a good job. Don't give him a hard time if he doesn't catch things and whatnot. So anyway, and stop getting offended at everything, people. We only live once. Live, love, and laugh, brothers and sisters out there, and just have a good time. That said, I'm going to get out of here. I'm eternally grateful for all of you guys and women. we got a lot of women now who support this show. Thank you very much. Uh, it means a lot. And uh, when we started this nearly five years ago, I didn't think we'd grow like this, but we have. And it's because of you. So thank you. Uh, this is Mike. I'm getting out of here. You know what Harper always says. Book it, bitch. <laughs>